0: Hey, this is Sam Wishtag with Absolute EHS and I'm here today with Jamie in Colorado. Hey Jamie, how you doing? Hey there, I'm doing well. So before we uh, hit the ground running, can you tell me who you are and what you do?
1: I'm Jamie, I live in Colorado in Denver and I work in communications for a health insurance organization. And I share my home with my wife, two dogs, a cat, and we've got a kiddo on the way.
0: Yay. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: Health insurance must be a really interesting field to work in right now.
1: Yes. Um, It always is interesting because um, there's kind of always things that are changing and it's something that people just don't understand. And so the communications aspect of it is always really interesting, trying to figure out how to communicate things to an extremely broad audience because literally your audience can be everybody. Um, but right now the uncertainty of everything and how quickly things change um, and even just the way that we get our information um, has completely and totally changed in a year. Um, that's been interesting. And I've kind of had to become an expert in emergency communications, which was not my jam before COVID.
0: Well, let's let's start there. Before COVID, what, what were you doing?
1: I was doing communications work. Um, I was living downtown in an apartment and gearing up for the move into a new house. Um, I was enjoying birthday parties and book club, and I took a lot fewer walks for pleasure than I do now.
0: <laughs> okay. And then for, uh, in healthcare communications, you mentioned that it changed a lot. So can you illustrate what it was like before COVID?
1: Yeah, there was just a lot more time to do things. There was a lot more time to run something through all of our internal offices. There was a lot more feeling of time to take things to focus groups and actually talk to members of our insurance. And there there was just a sense that, um, you know, it, I never really worried so much about making mistakes because I felt like we would catch them. And I also didn't have a sense of things being so life or death. Um, And then COVID hit and things are suddenly ramping up very, very, very quickly with changing information all of the time Um, There are state laws and regulations and then there are federal laws and regulations and there's messaging coming out from our state public health department that's changing all the time and just trying to keep up with the sheer amount of information that I had to take in and then somehow create into something that was understandable was Extremely challenging. I'm getting better at it.
0: Well, that's always good. We're all getting better at stuff. So
1: <laughs> I mean, I just have to tell myself that. Like every day is just self-affirmations that at least we're getting better. And every time that there's a new curveball, at least right now, we have kind of the the ability to pivot and take in that information a lot better.
0: So before we started recording, you used a term that was new to me called plain language. Um, when you mentioned communications, a lot of us think of media plus press releases, um, that kind of high level type of dissemination of information. Can you elaborate more on what where you fit there and what plain language actually is?
1: Yeah, so my position is not in communicating with media or Hey, there's Catherine.
0: Okay, Um, so we had to edit out the, uh, just a (laughs) few minutes of time because uh, as many of us are working from home, we have to share spaces. So Jamie, let's pick up where we left off. Uh, If you can explain what plain language is and what it is you do under communications.
1: Yeah, so the part of communications that I work in isn't anything to do with uh, media relations, or anything like that my communications is strictly between me and the members of our health insurance so it's the letters that they get in the mail um, some of the social media messages that they see things that go up on our website and my audience is purely people who have our health insurance and so my specialty is plain language and plain language is the idea that what you read should be understandable and it should be understandable to people with very low literacy and it should be understandable for people with high literacy. And I think there's a really common misconception that what I do is dumb things down, but actually if you have a full understanding of something, you should be able to put it into very small words without losing meaning and it's something that is gaining a lot of ground. There's actually a federal law um, that says that federal agencies must communicate in plain language, and it's something that's really picking up in the legal field too, so that you're not using legal jargon all the time. I think it's important, especially right now during COVID, because we're all in an emotional space where we're being bombarded we have kids at home we're at home we don't see the people who we love we don't have the same kind of support networks as we once did so whereas in the past if you didn't understand something you could you know just bring into your doctor's visit or you could even find help in a, with a community organization and say i don't understand this can you help me a lot of those supports are gone right now. And so it's even more important right now that the communications that people get are really straightforward. You can understand it quickly and you can find the information that you need if you have to go back to it.
0: So with plain language, does this, what if someone can't read at all? Does that, does that go down to that level as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, plain language um, is everything that has to do with the way that you communicate. So it's not only the words that are written on the page, it's how the page is laid out. It's links to videos. It's having pictures and illustrations that help um, get that understanding so that if you don't have that literacy or if you're relying on somebody, maybe it's a child in your home, Who's, who's the most literate person in the house? You know, it's giving tools so that anybody can get that information. And actually, one of the, my favorite examples of plain language is at a construction site you'll usually see a photo, like a big poster, and it will usually have a picture of a construction worker and the construction worker is wearing everything that they are supposed to be wearing while they're on the job site. And it will label those things. But even if you don't speak the language or don't read the language that the poster is is in, you can look at it and have a really good idea of what you're supposed to be wearing on that job site.
0: Okay, but I... I would imagine that things like this were mostly talking about hand washing and PPE. It, it can't, it clearly can't go all the way to the top federal level, right?
1: I mean, the things that we're talking about are yet yeah, yes, it's those public health messages. It's the, the hand washing and all of that stuff too. Um and it's a lot of really complex things. It's things like, how do I get treatment? If I have COVID symptoms and I live in a rural area and don't have transport? The, the things that we're talking about, with COVID in particular are so large, so big. Everybody in this country, um, that it, it does it does push up to to that federal level but it's also really granular community-based and community-specific things
0: so working in healthcare, is this applicable beyond covid do you see these uh, plain language initiatives sticking with us after the pandemic
1: yeah absolutely it's something that we were doing before the pandemic i think that it's taken on um definitely kind of a new significance because the stakes are so high right now. And I think it's also been one of the things that's actually been really challenged by the pandemic because with so much new information, people are really afraid of saying the wrong thing and rightfully so. And so we tend to fall back on science terms and on jargon jargony terms on legalese. Um, So I think one of the messages is that if we can communicate in ways that are really clear, even when it's really, really difficult, then we kind of don't have an excuse not to when the stakes are
0: lower. That's great, that makes a lot of sense. Um, You and I happen to know each other uh, and I know that you're Mm -hmm. also a gifted artist. Uh, Do you, is is it common for someone in your position to also do the art and layout or is it more about um, picking the words that are accessible and still maintain the authenticity of the document.
1: Yeah, um, I dabble a little bit in illustrations because that's where one of my passions lies. And I kind of do that on the side as my own little contribution that I can make during a time when everybody has to kind of pitch in what they can right now, where I go beyond just the words that are on the page tends to be with the design and the layout. Um, I want that when our members are getting letters in the mail or they're seeing things on a website that the places where their eye is naturally drawn, that's where the the most important information is. Um, I'm making sure that we're using (laughs) headers to make information really, um, clear so that if you just look at the headers, you have a pretty good idea of what's happening and so that everything's really well organized. Um, and so there's consistency in what you're seeing. Um, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but one of the biggest challenges with COVID is just that we're all at a ramped up place of stress and anxiety. And so being able to give someone the comfort of navigating a document is actually really huge.
0: That is a really big deal. That's awesome. So, um, well, I, I think I have a better idea of what it is you do and how it's changed, but is there anything you want people to know or any part of your story that we didn't get to tell yet?
1: Um, I think as far as work-wise, I, like a lot of other people, I'm working from home right now, and that's had its own challenges. Um, I think that's particularly true when we're talking about language, because people get really charged up writing. I think everybody thinks that they can, that they went through school and they know how to write. Um, And that's not necessarily true. There are a lot of different kinds of writings. So... I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, and I can write in a really academic way, but that's not appropriate in this setting. I also can write for children because I've worked in elementary education, and that's also not the way that I'm writing. And so one of the things that I hope that people really think about is what kind of writer they are and where they might need the help of a professional writer. Um, it's also kind of like, just because we all do basic arithmetic and we pay our bills, it doesn't mean that we all do calculus.
0: That's fair. That makes sense. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jamie. No, thank you so much.
1: This is a cool project and it will be nice to have the oral history years from now when my kiddo is born and she asks what happened in 2020 and 2021.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully we can uh, keep this project alive. So cool. Thanks.